sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No sensei. Get him a body bag, Johnny! To the third episode of Sweep Delay Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Mike Magmasunas. How's everybody doing out there? I'm doing pretty good. My uh, daughter, though, she's not doing so good. She's actually pretty sad. She's had perfect attendance all year, and today is her second day of missing school. And, uh, you know, she's, she's pretty sad, but hey, that flu bug, I'll tell you, it's going around. But luckily, I haven't caught anything, knock on wood, and... Uh, I'm really excited about doing this uh, episode on The Heavenly Kid, another one of my uh, favorite movies. Uh, last week I had a lot of fun talking about The Wraith, um, you know, one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I thought I actually got a lot of feedback on that episode. Uh, believe it or not, I got an email and I got an iTunes review, which I am so pumped on. Um, but uh, this episode is going to be really, really cool. We're going to have lots of fun on this movie um, a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, it's very, very 80s. I mean, obviously it's from the 80s, but it's a super fun flick. And uh, I'll get more into detail on that in a little bit. But before we get rolling into things, I uh, first want to uh, get into uh, my first email. I know usually people save the emails for the end of the show, but hey, I put them in the beginning of the show because I'm so excited. Um, this email actually comes from Mr. Andrew from the Crossroads podcast, and he says, Masunis, in, uh, you know, big words, explanation point, he says, great work on the show, blitzed your eps at work, obviously it means blitzed your episodes at work, had a good time with them, I'm not sure if you're taking suggestions, but a great movie to review would be American Flyer. Yes, sir, I am taking a uh, movie Request So if you have any movies out there that you think rock and have an awesome soundtrack, throw them my way and I will definitely check them out. Uh, he says he loves that movie and the soundtrack is amazing. I believe it's American Flyers with Kevin Costner. Uh, I believe that's the movie you're referring to. I've never actually seen it. But if you say it's good, I will check it out, sir, and I will add it to the list. Um, also, uh, I believe he says a Swedish indie rock band that I have had for years uh, and that I that I know uh, knows, uh, sorry, let me let me do it again. It says, also a Swedish indie rock band I have had for years, uh, I know, knows of, it's called Calcutta. And they just came out with a new album and have excellent songs. Keep up the good work, Andrew. So thank you, sir. Um, I will check out that band, and if I like the songs, I will definitely highlight it on the show. And I will move on to the first iTunes review. And people, please, if you like the show, please give me a review on iTunes. The more reviews I get on iTunes, the more popular the show gets. And uh, that would be so awesome. And uh, this comes from Mr. Andrew again from the Crossroads Podcast. Thank you, sir. That is so awesome that you were the first person to give me a review on iTunes. 
and it says, Awesome, I'm the first to drop a review for Masunis. I never met him in person, but I have known him online for a while now. He's a great guy and is really enthusiastically involved as a listener with many podcasts that I listen to and one I guest host on from time to time. This has relevance because if I'm going to listen to someone for hours each week talk about something I like to listen about, I want to like the person talking too. It makes the experience much better and I know there are people out there with hobbies and likes similar to mine. This podcast is great for someone who wants to listen to a guy not only talk about, but enjoy what he's talking about. I suggest everyone give this podcast a listen and support the new show. Great job, Masuna. So again, thank you, sir. Much appreciative. And uh, Andrew actually has um, a new blog that he is currently writing. Um, you can uh, check that out. I will get the uh, address and post it on the Sweep the Leg podcast page so everybody can check that out and click the link and read it very cool he writes a lot of a lot of real cool interesting stuff about tv and and movies so please check that out awesome also you can check out digital hippos my boys jason and danny uh from uh film and focus and jason from uh flicks and shadowy flight uh they also write on that website and that website's dedicated to like video games and movies music it's super great it's called digitalhippos.com so check that website out as well so uh let's go ahead and uh get into movie and music news <laughs> This week in movie and music news, um, I'm very excited, but I'm very sad at the same time. As you all know, I am a huge rock fan, and I mean Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Mr. Johnson, um, last Monday, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that, he has returned to wrestling. And now, let me make this clear, I am not a wrestling fan, I never have been. Uh, of course, as a kid, I knew who Hulk Hogan was, but I always knew it was fake. When I met my wife, uh, her family loved wrestling, I thought it was lame, they all loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, when I went over to the house, I was like, who's that guy? And they're like, oh, that's The Rock, he, he's a bad guy, we don't like him. Like, man, that guy's funny, the stuff he says, I was just cracking up. And after time went on, I got to like him more and more and more, and I, I realized... He's the kind of guy that he could beat you up with his words and not even touch you. So um, I, I get, he's so charismatic. He's great. I love to watch him. So uh, I loved all his action films. And then, of course, he made the kid films. Then he went back to action with Faster. And now that I know he's coming back to wrestling, it's kind of disappointing because, you know, I don't get to see him in any more movies. I mean, hopefully he does. But at the same time, I get to watch him every week. So it's kind of bittersweet. So... Uh, that that's kind of exciting news for me there and uh, uh, all you wrestling you know I know a lot of people out there hate wrestling but they only watch for the rock just like me and I have a lot of friends that are like okay I'm watching wrestling so, so that's totally cool um, also in uh, music news 
Uh, I wanted to uh, make my correction. Last week on The Wraith, I said that Frank Bush sang um, Hearts versus Heads. It was actually Stan Bush. I apologize. I did post that on the Facebook page. Uh, he's the guy that actually um, did, um, you know, does the touch from Transformers. He's the one. He's on a lot of soundtracks. But his name is Stan Bush, not Frank Bush. I apologize if I made that mistake. So please forgive me there. Um, I also want to talk about Superman. Um, Superman has been cast for the new movie, um, which is exciting. I mean, I love Brandon Routh. I thought he was an excellent guy. Uh, he was perfect as Superman and Clark Kent. But the movie itself, you know, as Jason from Flick said, it had bad writing. Uh, special effects were excellent, but it was more of a love story than an action flick, everybody. Didn't dig it as much, and, you know, they kind of just went away and decided to reboot that franchise as well. So, uh, I know he's a British actor. I haven't seen him in anything, but I'll wait till I see him in the role to make my judgment on him. I mean, Christopher Reeve was a, you know, was a no, wasn't famous at all, and he got big off Superman. Same thing with Brandon Ralph. So, I'll give this guy a try. The Amazing Spider-Man movie that's coming out. Um, I know James Garfield is from The Social Network. Uh, I've seen him in some promo pictures. Looks pretty cool, but uh, my only issue with Spider-Man is I love I love the fact of in the Tobey Maguire one he had unlimited spider webs. It makes sense spiders don't run on webs, but in the new one he kind of has a blaster that he made up. But oh well, you know I'll, I'll take it as it goes. So excited to check that out. And um, also, Smallville fans are pretty excited because uh, Michael Rosenbaum is coming back uh, in the series finale of Smallville, um, which is, you know, I, I, I did watch a couple episodes of the first season. It's not like I didn't like the show, I just uh, I didn't have time for it. But my understanding is it's a really great show. Um, it's before Supernatural, so, you know, automatically it gets props from me. But I do know he was an important character, and I'm glad he's coming back for the last episode. I guess he originally wasn't, and now he is, so that's exciting. Um, I saw the preview of X-Men The First Class. Uh, that looks very, very good. I'm happy what they're going to be doing with that movie. Hopefully it will rock. So everybody check out the X-Men First Class trailer. Hopefully you will dig it as well. Um, as far as music news goes, um, the only music news I had is for if anybody liked the song Monster on my first episode of Ventures of Babysitting from the band Skillet. Um, the guitarist is leaving. Um, he's been in the band since he was 16 years old. He grew up on the road. He's been on there for 10 years. So he's going to kind of move on. And uh, he's, I guess he's got his own record label and stuff. So it, it was kind of a sad, depressing day for me because, I mean, the guy can do guitar solos behind his head. And it's ridiculous the kind of stuff he can do. So I, I, I hope Ben, you know, I hope they can find a, a, a replacement good enough that Ben was, but you know, that's what bands do, members come in, members come out, but the band stays, you know, keeps on going, so, not a lot of music news, uh, you know, but why don't we go ahead and get into uh, our first commercial before we get into the movie. Hello. Uh, yes, hello, is this Mr. May? Yes, Mr. May. Uh, Mr. Mave, this is Todd from Gooey's Carpet Cleaning. Mm -hmm. We're calling people in your area to tell you about our, our 2990. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe you called. Look, can you guys get blood out of the carpet? Um, well, I, I got blood all over the place, man. Oh god. Uh, well, okay, yeah, sure. I, it, I mean, I got, like, I got it on the drapes. I got it on, I got it on the couch. I got it all over the place. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. 
Is there a day that I might be able no, to... No, 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 uh, no. Look, here, can you, can, you come, can you come over now? Uh, look, well, I'm at 33. Um, I, I don't know. I have to. I have to. Look, I have no, to what, what's your name? What's your name, Todd? My name is Todd. Todd, Todd, look, look here. I, if you could do me a favor here. Whatever you're going to make this week, I swear, I'll double it. I'll pay you in cash. And what was that shoe do you wear? Uh, uh, I'm look, man, I got right. blood all over. Look, the law, look, the law says someone breaks in your house and you, and you shoot them, that's okay, right? You've heard that law, like someone breaks in your house? Yeah, you, you want me to call the police? No, 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 no
guys. Now, this movie is uh, one of the movies I watched a lot as a kid, along with The Karate Kid and, you know, a whole bunch of other movies. This is one, I, I definitely haven't watched it as much as The Karate Kid, but I watched a lot. Of, I related a lot to this movie because uh, Jason Gedrick is one of my favorite actors. Um, Jason Gedrick, um, he's not big now. He does a lot of TV shows and and TV uh, movies, but uh, probably his biggest movie is Iron Eagle. Um, I am not a Top Gun fan. It's a chick flick. I'm an Iron Eagle fan, okay? And uh, that's probably going to be, if not my next movie, I'm going to review the movie after it because that movie is awesome. But this is my favorite Jason Gedrick movie. Um, now, what's funny about this movie is uh, it's a 1985 movie, and uh, it stars Lewis Smith. Now, Lewis Smith, uh, most people might know him from North and South TV show. I saw him in a movie as a kid called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Uh, it was a pretty cool alien movie. Um, what's funny is is that he's he's 29 years old when he's making this movie. And Jason Gedrick is 20, which makes sense because he's playing a high school kid. And um, his woman is uh, Jane Kasmick. Uh, which I believe she's on the TV show Malcolm in the Middle. She was 30 years old uh, when this movie was made. So the beginning is a little fuzzy. Now, keep in mind, this is definitely a spoiler show. So I'm going to get into all this, but this is, this, is, uh, this is very, very interesting because the story uh, starts off where we have like a young greaser type kind of thing, um, Grease, the, the movie Grease with John Travolta, that kind of clothing. And uh, starts off as his early 60s, and uh, you got uh, our name guy, our main guy. His name is Bobby, and uh, he's sitting on a cliff smoking a cigarette. Now, this one, this movie does have a lot of payoffs, and I'll get into that in a moment. But you know, it starts off he's smoking a cigarette, looking over the cliff, and uh, you know he's about ready to race this guy that made a move on his woman, and uh, he tells his. Uh, they don't actually say if they're in high school or not. Uh, but this is something teenagers used to do. And the original title was called Teen Angel. And obviously it makes sense they're not calling it Teen Angel because he doesn't look like a teenager. He does look 29 and she does look 30. Uh, they had to get the perfect age because, you know, they eventually got to go into the future. So getting off in the beginning of this movie, um, it starts off where they're going to have a race because his honor been, has been challenged because... He made a move on his girl, and that's how they took care of things back in the 60s. They raced like men, basically. Um, what I mean by payoffs is um, he says to her that my honor's at stake, and that's something that's going to come back later on in the film. Now, this is one of those movies where you wanted to watch it on TV. And what I mean by that is certain movies had TV scenes filmed into them. Uh, example would be like Halloween 2 uh, had TV scenes filmed. Um, this one had TV scenes and it makes a lot of sense if you watch it with the TV scenes in and I'll talk about those TV scenes but the thing that was cut out is called the ring um, Bobby wore this ring and after he says you know he tells she, she begs him please don't do this he goes my honor's at stake and uh, he's just like don't worry I got it covered that's that's one line of this movie that always comes into play when he says, I got it covered. He gives her a kiss and gets in his car. Now, on the TV scene, uh, he says, I got it covered, gives her a kiss, takes off the ring and says, bring me good luck, and she says, I will. 
uh, he gets in this car, and that's where we get the awesome theme song that I play in the beginning, which is Out on the Edge. That song plays as they're racing, and they get to, you know, the Joe is the guy that challenged um, Bobby. He jumps out the car. He goes a little bit just for the crowd, and his neck, his uh, bracelet gets stuck on the steering wheel, and he goes over the cliff, says the O-S word, goes over, and blows up, and basically at that point, it says the Heavenly Kid, and we get on the subway. Now, the subway is kind of like the uh, destination to heaven, so to speak. They don't actually call it heaven in this movie. They stay politically correct. They call it uptown. Now, um, the guy um, um, the guy who's like a spirit guide, his name is Rafferty. And uh, he basically comes to pick up Bobby and let him know, Sorry, you can't go uptown yet. You know, I got some things to talk to you about. And he's like, Dead? What do you mean, dead? And uh, he... He basically tries to tell him he's dead. He figures it out. Okay, yeah, you know, I know what happened. And he's like, oh, no, Emily. He goes, what? There's something I got to tell her. He goes, you already told her all that you ever will. And, uh, you know, he, of course, tries to escape, realizes he's kind of stuck. And uh, he's like, what do I got to do? And that's when Rafferty tells him that uh, we ha we'll have to get an assignment for you. You need to ride the subway train. And uh, how long, you know, how long do I have to be on this thing? And he goes, you know, Bobby, he doesn't say a word until Bobby gets on the train. The door closes and says it could be a while. And he goes, get me out of here. Once he sees a Viking on there, he knows that the train lasts for a very, very long time. And uh, at that point, uh, you just see the subway train go around, and then we get to the 80s. And that's when we're introduced to Mr. Jason Gedrick. Now, Jason Gedrick, uh, if you don't know him, uh, in TV shows recently, he was in Boomtown, uh, Murder One. Uh, he was in Backdraft. Uh, he was in the role where uh, he played the young rookie who actually got his face burnt off. Those special effects were excellent. That scene is always hard for me to watch. But again, uh, you might know him from Iron Eagle. Now, uh, he plays the, um, the loser uh, in this movie. Very smart. He's like a geek, but not the geeks now. Because geeks now are considered cool. Back then, geeks were you know not cool nobody liked them and uh at this point um we see him at where he works which is uh Max's Burgers and we kind of they kind of show us that he's a klutz and uh he just wants to kind of fit in and then we also meet his friend Melissa now this is one of the uh movies that kind of started the cliche where the uh girl of your dreams is the one that's sitting right in front of you, your best friend. That's kind of where this is one of the early movies that started that whole thing. And, uh, of course, he sees the woman he thinks that he loves. She comes walking in, and uh, her name is Sharon. She's, uh, she's a blonde. I don't think she's very good-looking, but that's what the movie wants you to think she is, is very good-looking. Well, this is the song that is played when she comes walking in.
that song is called Obsession. Now, funny thing about this uh, movie, I think this movie has excellent music in it. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the fastest, as soon as this music was released, it was pulled off the shelf. Uh, basically, what happened is, is um, the soundtrack consisted of 10 songs, but... Um, Due to a manufacturing uh, defect on the LP during the tracks, for example, Animal Attraction, which I'm going to play later, Cruising Tonight, there were several misaligned grooves that transferred to all the copies of the LP, and it caused major skips and poor uh, quality. Um, so it's really hard to get a hold of the CD, but luckily I'm one of those folks that have it. So if you notice the music quality is just a little down, it's just because... Um, it was really hard to get a good copy of this. Um, but for the most part, um, the songs that I'm going to play on this movie are my favorites. And they came out really, really good. So, uh, moving back to the movie. After, you know, you hear uh, you hear the song Obsession, she sits down. And um, Melissa's just like, I don't know why you waste your time with her. She doesn't even know you exist. And he's like, yeah, well, someday she will. So, he goes to uh, take order and that's where we meet the uh, you know the jerks of the movie and which his name is Gallo um, and he is the boyfriend to the girl that he likes Sharon well after you know it takes the order um, the other guy um, Gallo's friend trips Lenny and the food goes all over Sharon and that's when uh, basically he gets fired and we see him take off and he ends up going to um, a cliff. Uh, that's the next scene we see him at, is at a cliff reading poetry. And uh, his alarm clock goes off. He realizes that he's almost late. He slips. He falls. And this scene's actually hilarious when you watch it. Just the way his face looks and uh, the sound he makes when he falls is just, it's just hilarious. I know it's mean, but it's hilarious. And that's when, um, when Bobby catches him. He goes, uh, you got to watch that first step, kid. And he just pukes all over. Oh, man, it's it's just a hilarious scene. But um, prior to that, though, right before he got fired, um, that's when Rafferty, uh, Rafferty and Bobby do actually show up. And he sees them, you know, that's when he meets Lenny. And he's just like, which one of these kid, lucky kids is my assignment? And he goes, it's the Spazzola. Because that's what Bobby had called him earlier when uh, he spilled stuff all over. So he's just like, great, this is my assignment. And he goes, yeah. So um, after you know he catches him, he thinks that he's able to go uptown because he saved his life. And he's like, I got I to gotta train to catch. He pretty much blows him off, disappears. And uh, that's when he's like, okay, Rafi, let's go. Rafi's like, uh, no, what are you talking about? Uh, he's like, what? I saved his life, didn't I? And he goes, uh, you need to you know, be his friend. He goes, well, let's buy him a German Shepherd. He goes, you know, he thinks he's a loser. Well, he might be on to something. It's your job to teach him that he's not. So basically, his assignment is to make um, to make Lenny be, you know, be confident in himself, not be the loser that he thinks that he is. And it's up to Bobby to figure that out. And that's kind of the whole basis of this movie. It's uh, uh, the relationship is based on those two, them building you know, figuring each other out, and the movie, um, it's kind of like when uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel in Karate Kid 3 happens, where Daniel basically goes against um, everything that Mr. Miyagi taught him. It's kind of the same thing here, uh, eventually, is that 
They'll become great, great friends, and then eventually his head will become too big and he'll turn against um, you know, his master. Um, but going back to the story here, we see uh, Lenny in his poetry class, and uh, after he explains what the uh, poem meant, um, that's when Bobby's like, he's such a smart kid, and uh, but Gallo throws a bunch of um, pencil shavings in his face, and he's like, but he's still a spaz. And uh, there's kind of a lunchroom brawl, uh, but Bobby helps them out, uh, helps out Lenny and gets rid of the guys. And uh, we kind of get to the point where now they're going to meet where Bobby's going to tell Lenny what he is when, uh, when he's at a cliff. And he's just like, I hope you're not thinking about taking another dive again. And uh, he goes, where'd you come from? He goes, well, let me cut the crap. I'm not from this earth. And he goes, what? You know, how'd you think I caught you like that? Because I'm not from this earth. He goes, you know, dead. He goes, uh, I have to be going now. And, of course, this is where we get some funny scenes where Bobby tries to show Lenny that he really is a ghost by trying to make his, by a tree disappear, by making his coat fly. And none of that seems to work until... Uh, you know, he rips up his turn paper. He's like, he got any tape. He gets mad. He's just like, look, I'll stand in front of a truck and get hit. And right before the truck comes to hit him, he gets out of the way. He says, I may be dead, but I ain't crazy. And uh, when he finally gets upset at Lenny because Lenny just kind of makes fun of him, they end up going out on a cliff, um, which proves to uh, Lenny that Bobby is dead. Now, this special effect didn't really look too good when they're sitting there out in the basically out in the sky um i mean you could tell it was definitely a blue screen in the background that that was my only you know one of the there's a very few scenes like that but this is the first time where you kind of see the special effects not look too good but you know as long as you're not really looking for that kind of thing it won't really bother you too much um but this is where um bobby's going to uh get lenny to be cool where he's just like you know what i can make her fall for you um, it's all about your image. He goes, I'm going to give you the flash. And that's when we get in this really cool montage. It's the animal attraction montage, as I like to call it, where uh, we get to see Lenny get some new clothes. And um, this song, they actually play twice during the movie. One of my favorite songs, so I'm actually going to play the whole song for you because you really got to jam to this song. It's just, it's awesome whether you are watching it in the movie or not. Uh, it's called Animal Attraction. <laughs>
song is played during the montage where he's getting new clothes and um, it's really a great scene and it's kind of funny where he's like you know pretty cool huh kid he's like yeah I'm the only kid with a bulletproof head so at this point um, after he gets his clothes um, he's going to you know take him to a junkyard and uh, he's going to build him a car he's like you know I, I don't have you know why, why can't I use my bike he goes you can't pick up chicks at a driving kid so we get this really cool scene where Bobby puts together um, a 1950 car. Um, I'm not sure the exact year, make, and model, but it's flipping awesome when he's done. Special effects were excellent in this scene. Uh, you could not tell what one bit uh, whatsoever if, if there was any black screens or blue screens or anything. The scene just looked great. And uh, when Bobby starts driving the car and he's going real fast... It's when Lenny's like, uh, you know, you wouldn't have happened to die in a car accident, would you? He goes, yeah, how'd you know? He goes, just a wild guess. So real funny, and they, they park, and this is where he's going to try to teach him how to pick up girls. He's just like, you know, he gives them uh, a whole bunch of, uh, of things to do. He's just like, when did you die? He goes, why? He goes, well, this is kind of old-fashioned thinking, don't you think? He goes, look, you just got to know that you got it covered. And that's when Lenny starts to use the phrase, I got it covered, uh, because he learns it from Bobby, because he's like, you just got to walk into a room and have all eyes on you and just know that no matter what, you got it covered. And uh, he goes, what do you think? He goes, I got it covered. And that's when we get into another animal attraction scene. And this scene's real funny where he tries to pick up chicks and everything goes wrong. He throws cigarettes in the dude's pizza. He, his lighter goes crazy and has water thrown in his face and he tries to pick up a girl and says hey good looking you're too fine to be sitting here all alone of course the boyfriend shows up he's like she's not a hole and it beats him up and he and then that's when uh, bobby's like you're doing great kid he goes let me know when i'm doing bad he goes oh you know it all comes with the territory he goes you know what? i've been taking the wrong place he goes you're gonna be on my turf he goes ah why don't you go in and that's when he realizes that his favorite spot has now become a gay bar uh and one thing Bobby says a lot in this movie is a lot of changes. So that's uh, what I mean by payoffs. There's a lot of phrases and scenes that Bobby does that Lenny will later do. And uh, I'll get into that, why that will actually, why that will all come to play. But it's just a couple hints here and there. Because uh, I'm not going to reveal the big, the big secret until we get towards the end of the movie here. But um, moving on... Uh, when Lenny's just like, you know what, we should just call it in, call it a night. These girls pull up and just like, wow, this is some great car. We could totally use a ride. And uh, we get another cool montage where he's taking the girls for a ride. And uh, everything seems really cool. They get back to the house. And uh, what's funny is this scene cracks me up because um, Lenny is, um, he catches Bobby smoking. And, you know, Bobby always smokes, but this time it, it it's a joint. He goes, man, this tastes weird. He goes, where'd you get that? And he goes, uh, I got it from a kid at Max's. Now, he's a ghost. How, you know, he can only reveal, the, the rule is he can only reveal himself to his assignment, not to nobody else. So did he reveal himself to a kid at Max to get a joint? Or is this just something in the plot point that the writers forgot about? But if you're not paying attention, it doesn't bother you. But he's just like, it's called grass. He goes, I'm smoking somebody's lawn. He goes, no. And then he shows him how to smoke it. And this scene's cool because they go up in the air. 
but then we get a bad special effect where you know you could totally tell it's fake it's a blue screen so that was number two flaw but hey again no big deal I mean there's been movies that had worse special effects so uh, up, up to this point it's been a super fun movie but now this is kinda where things turn and we get to the serious side of the film because his mom knocks on the door he's like you know what are you doing he goes I'm just reading a funny book mom he starts laughing well Bobby recognizes the voice and realizes that Lenny's mom is actually his woman um, you know and uh, the worst part is is she is married to the guy that he raced in the beginning of the movie Joe and uh, he at this point of course Bobby's just shattered and he's trying to get a hold of Rafferty, just uh, basically tell him he wants out. And uh, this is kind of where uh, the mom and dad confront Lenny and just like, you know, who's your friend? Uh, where, where'd you get the clothes? And this is the part where I Got a Cover comes into play because, you know, she's just like, I thought we don't keep anything from each other. And she goes, it's cool, mom. I got it covered. And she goes, what'd you say? goes I got it covered is something wrong mom and she goes no nothing's wrong and uh, you know it, it's it starts to build up at this point um, where you see Bobby looking outside the window and they playing you know soft music and you know uh, it, it's kind of a, a sad note because he's like I, I feel like I've been tricked here and uh, when Lenny looks out the window he sees the car there now my understanding was is that Lenny always had the car, but he just says Bobby. So I'm like, well, did Bobby drive the car to his house? Is that why it's outside? Because I thought Lenny was driving it. But they don't really get into that, so you just have to assume that uh, Bobby actually drove the car over, and that's when L Lenny looks outside and sees the car outside of his house that Bobby was actually at his house. But really, what Bobby was doing is just being outside, uh, watching his woman sleep. So. Uh, we kind of get back to the story where um, he's going to have a confrontation with the guys because Gallo shows up in his car. He's like, where did a jerk like you get a machine like that? And they, the brother's like, let's just race him. Races him, takes him out, get to school. And um, kind of the insult starts here where he's just like, so um, where where'd you get this car? You know, he goes, well, I, I built it. He goes, yeah, how'd you do that? He goes, well, I just got something you ain't got, brains. You know, and, and then we get a montage where he's just walking. Everybody starts recognizing and thinking Lenny's cool. Uh, this is kind of where the point of the movie where his confidence level is so high, he starts to think he's too cool uh, and too self-righteous. And uh, at this point, he starts to become a jerk to Melissa when she's just like, I thought we were going to study. He's like, I got plans. And she goes, well, you look different. He goes, yeah, you know, I just felt like a change. And, of course, now uh, Sharon notices him and says, you can walk me to class. He goes, I'm, well, I'm right here. He goes, that's okay. Of course, Gallo walks in, sees him talking to his woman, and he's like, after school, I'm going to kick your rear end. But before we get to that scene, uh, we actually go back to Bobby. And uh, Bobby goes back to where everything happened. This is where the ring storyline comes in again. Uh, because Bobby actually finds the ring that he gave Emily uh, before he died. See, what happened is, is Emily lost the ring after after Bobby died. It fell off, and it fell all the way down the cliff, and fell right where the car exploded. 
Um, now you can actually see this scene in the original when Rafferty shows up and you see him move his hand. That's because he's changing the ring from one hand to the other. But again, you wouldn't know that unless you've seen the TV version. So really, you know, really cool scene where Bobby decides that he's going to stick with Lenny because he's thinking Lenny is Joe's son. And uh, but he's like, I got a lot of time invested in this kid. I'm going to stick it out, you know, and. And Rafi's like, well, that's great, but what are you going to do about Emily? He goes, it's all right, you know, I, I got to figure it out. It's cool. So um, Rafi's like, great, I'm off to a place uh, called Newark. Um, and then the scene ends. But on the TV version, that's where Bobby will open his hand. You see the ring. And, of course, it's all filthy and dirty. Um, but then at that point, we go to the original scene in the movie where we're back to the high school. And, uh, you know, Gallo's ready to kick Lenny's butt. And uh, when, uh, you know, Lenny's just sitting there looking outside the window, he hears footsteps. He thinks it's Bobby, but it's actually Melissa. And, like, I heard you're going to fight him. What are you going to do? He goes, probably die. Now, this is kind of where he becomes Mr. Cool status because as he gets to his car, he's like, I'm going to kick your rear end. And he goes, I don't like the way that sounds. He goes, you're not going to like the way that feels either. He hits him in the balls with with his book, hits him in the face, uh, and then Bobby actually blocks the punches of the other guy, knocks him out. And everybody thinks that, um, you know, that uh, Lenny did it. He goes, hey, kid, I thought you could use a hand. And that's when Sharon pulls up and just says, or, well, walks up and says, can you take me home? And at that point, that's kind of when he's won Sharon. So uh, the the funny thing going on now is they're getting ready for the uh, big date and uh, that's when he's like, you know, what are you going to do? And he goes, you know, don't worry about it. I got it covered. And he turns him around. He's like, you know, I'm still the teacher here. On the TV scene, um, he's like, here, do me a favor. You know, wear this ring. It brings good luck. He goes, you know, uh, what kind of grungy dumpster did you get this from? He goes, uh, that's why I said, you know, do me a favor. So now uh, they go to pick up Sharon he's still giving him tips and he's thinking Sharon is this classy girl he's like you know we need romance you know tell her how great her dress is and Sharon comes up and just says you know how do I look of course she's wearing seductive clothes and he and Bobby's just like holy s you know and um, that's when she's like you know parents want me home by 10 can we just get it on and that's when, you know, her and uh, Lenny do, you know, do the nasty. And Bobby just says, a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, Lenny's taking her home. And she's like, you know, you did good for a first-timer. And he goes, what do you mean? Well, I've done it with a lot of first-timers. And in the background, you can just hear, you know, Bobby go, yuck. And after he drops her off, he's just like, man, I don't think this is the woman for you. She's really cold around the heart. He goes, you know, don't bring me down. And he goes, you're right, let's celebrate. And they go out, they get trashed, come home, and uh, this is where, uh, you know, he gets busted. And uh, he tries to walk up the stairs. He can't do it. Bobby's got to push him. And really cool special effect there. Um, but Joe finds him. He goes, you know, you're grounded. And he goes, you you got to sober up. Tells Emily his son's in the bedroom. He's drunk, barely made it up the stairs. She walks in. Now, this scene, you kind of wonder why her face got all like like she saw a ghost. Well, that's because in the TV scene, when she's you know watching Lenny, she picks up his hand to put it on the blanket. She sees the ring that Bobby had. And that's when you see the face go all you know ghostly, and she walks out the room. 
and uh, that that scene, I wish they would have left this whole ring subplot in because it really makes a lot of sense when it's not in the film. But um, you know, at at this point, this is where Lenny starts to turn against Bobby because we're back to school, and Melissa sees that. Uh, you know, Lenny's talking to all these girls, just kind of ignoring her, and uh, that's when uh, Bobby overhears that the guys want to kick his butt because they're getting no respect. Bobby tries to warn Lenny, and he's like, you know what, I got it covered, and pushes him. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of where Bobby's like, dude, why why are you being like this? You're turning into a jerk. Well, that really happens because when... Lenny's about ready to go out on another date with Sharon. Um, his mom, which of course is Emily, uh, is looking, is starting to look at pictures of Bobby. She's remembering all the times that they were together, and of course Bobby's sitting next to her. Like, how could you marry Joe? You know, but you're so beautiful. Here comes Lenny, and he's just being a jerk to his mom, just saying, you know, I got a date. She goes, you're not leaving until I get some answers, and he goes, who's gonna make me? And that's when Bobby's like, you can't talk that way to your mom. He goes, what's what's what this, you know, everybody's on my case. And he goes, what's with this attitude? And that's uh, in the TV scene. He now takes the ring off, throws it in his face and says, you know, I'll make my own luck from now on. And he takes off. And, uh, you know, that's when Bobby's just like, I can't believe what's going on. So before we uh, get to the climax of the film, this uh, when they get to the party, they are playing this really cool song. It's actually the first song on the soundtrack. It's called Heartless. And uh, I'm going to play the whole song for you because this song is just killer. It rocks my socks. I'll tell you, it's awesome. And uh, it makes perfect sense because this song is everything that Sharon is. She's heartless. But, uh, you know, for any person out there that's had, you know, a bad relationship with somebody, you could totally relate to this song. So anyways, uh, before we get to the end of this, let's check out this song called Heartless.
right. Yep, and that was Heartless, and uh, hopefully you guys dug that song, because I really do. So, um, getting back to the end of the movie, um, this is where Bobby's going to break the rules, and when uh, Emily comes outside looking to see if Lenny's come home, he lights a cigarette, and he goes, Emily, and uh, she sees his famous lighting cigarette, passes out, and uh, you actually see Joe wake up because he's sitting in his chair and you see Emily being carried up the stairs. The special effects didn't look too bad in this scene. Um, you know, you could tell it looked a little fake, but it looked better than the other mess ups earlier in the film. But this is where he reveals to her, uh, you know, and she's like, Bobby? And like, yeah, it's really me. How? And she goes, it's a long story. And this is where... Um, she explains that Joe really does love her and that, you know, without him, she didn't know how she could go on and he really helped her. And, uh, you know, do you love him? And she goes, yeah. And he's like, the same way you love me. And she doesn't answer him, but this is where he's like, you know, I don't know how long I'm here, but I want to make this night special. And they go out the window and they actually go up in the air and he takes her to all the places that they uh, that they love to be at and just reminisce. It's just a great scene. Um, but the, this is where we get to the uh, the big secret of the film. If you haven't guessed already, Lenny is Bobby's son. And uh, when Emily's like, what do you think of uh, Lenny? And he's just like, you know, he's, I like, you know, he's a good kid. You know, I can't, you know, he's, he's better than all right. Um, I just can't believe that uh, he mouthed off to me. I mean, to me. And uh, that's when she's like, Lenny's your son. And, uh, really, my son? And she goes, you know, for so many years I, I wanted you to see him, and now you have. And uh, does Joe know? And uh, she goes, yeah, but he still wanted to marry me. And he goes, I guess I was wrong. I guess uh, I guess I was wrong about Joe, and I guess I was wrong about a lot of things. And uh, he takes her back and gives her a kiss, and he's like, you know, don't worry about Lenny. I'll take care of everything. And she goes, will I ever see you again, Bobby? And he goes, I'll always be with you. Because this is where Rafferty has come to, to pick him up. And um, this is where he kind of gets scolded by Rafferty that, you know, you weren't supposed to reveal yourself. He goes, you know what, it was worth it to, to see her face. Uh, you know, to learn about Lenny can get me through an eternity. And that's when he goes, I need a drink. Well, now we get to where um, Lenny realizes that Sharon is obviously not the one for him and that Melissa is. He tries to patch things up with Melissa after she blows him off. This is where Gallo shows up and challenges him to a race. And uh, this is kind of where I said everything pays off because in the beginning of the film, you see Bobby at the cliff, the same cliff where Lenny's at. And instead of smoking a cigarette, you see Lenny looking at a bracelet. And, um, you know, it... It, it was really, you know, it, it, but of course it's daytime, and when Bobby died, it's nighttime. But it still pays off, though. You know, it's the whole father-son thing. But uh, I can't, I can't explain this scene. It's best if you hear it. This is the part where, before the race, Bobby finds out that Lenny uh, is Lenny's going to die, and he wants to fix it, and you know, Rafferty won't let him. So check out this scene. It is it. I mean, when after you hear it, you'll realize why I had to play it, because it's a very moving scene. I was going to tell you. What does it mean? Yalo challenged him to a race. He accepted. If it's any consolation, he's on the uptown passenger list. Oh, no. Rafferty, you got to let me go back. There's nothing you can do. 
You don't understand. My son needs me, Rafferty. Bobby, I know how you feel, but it was meant to be. You can't alter destiny. Destiny nothing. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be in this jail. I got him into this fix. You gotta let me get him out of it. The kid hasn't had a life yet, Rafferty. I didn't know what that meant. But last night I found out what I lost. I don't want that to happen to Lenny. I, I want him to have a chance to, to grow old, to have a family, a wife, kids, whatever he wants. All the things I missed out on. Bobby, the consequences. I don't care about the consequences. I'll do anything. Talk to the higher-ups. Talk to whoever you have to. Tell them I'll do anything, anything. Rafferty. Tell them I'd give up my soul. All right, guys. So, yeah, um, I, f- I felt like I should play that scene because it's one of the most powerful scenes in the movie. And uh, I did forget to mention what Bobby wanted to tell Emily that he never got a chance to tell her was that he loved her. And uh, that was that was the very first uh, really big emotional scene was was the fact of he finally got to tell her. But um, basically, after that speech is given, um, we get to where Lenny's going to get in the car. He's going to race, and uh, this is another payoff where Melissa says to him, "You know, please don't do this." He goes, "My honor's at stake." But instead of just taking it, she says, "Your honor's going to get you killed." And he goes, you know, I got it covered. And, you know, he gets in. And, of course, this time Emily, Joe, and his brother show up right before the cars take off. And she screams, Lenny. And, of course, they take off. It's too late. And they drive. And Gallo gets out. The door handle stuck. He can't get out. He's saying, you know, crap, crap, but the other the other S word. And that's when Bobby's like, hey, kid. You didn't think I let you down now, did you? And then the funny scene where Bobby said OS in the beginning of the movie. Well, the same thing happens here where uh, you know, he go he basically says the same thing at the same time, so it's it's hilarious. So um the cool thing is is that just when you think that uh Lenny's dead, uh here he comes up the cliff and uh Bobby's like, Can you get your foot out of my face? And, uh, you know, first thing he does is kiss Melissa, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, his parents come up and Emily's like, oh, my God, you know, and gives him a hug. Now, in the, in the DVD version, you know, his brother's like, that was, that was a great race. He goes, it was the best. It was also the last. Well, in the TV version, he's like, okay, I'll go get the car. Now, um, Lenny tells his mom that... Um, there's somebody I need to uh, say goodbye to. And uh, Emily's like, can you do me a favor? Can you tell him goodbye for me too? He'll understand. And he just kind of looks at her like, really? You know him? She gives him a kiss and just smiles and walks away. And then we get to the end where um, you know Bobby and Lenny are saying goodbye because Bobby thinks he's going to hell because he had to sacrifice his soul to save Lenny. And... Uh, you know, he never tells him that he's his dad. He just tells him that, you know, he's his guardian angel. He'll always be there. And uh, he's like, I, you really have to go? And he goes, yeah, but we were getting to be, you know, we were getting to be friends. You know, you're my best friend. He goes, wherever I go, we'll always be best friends. And uh, in the TV scene, 
um, as he's walking away, he throws him the ring and says, Hey, kid, give this to somebody you love. Obviously, you don't see that in the DVD version, but uh, he goes up to Raph. He goes, he's a great kid. He goes, yeah, he's going to be all right. He goes, is it really as bad as I think it is down there? And he goes, worse. He goes, Bobby, you're not going down there. He goes, can you remember that by me again? He goes, you just earned your ticket. When you show that you could love somebody over yourself, that's how you get a ticket uptown. So, you know, it does say, um, you know, loving uh, to die for someone else is the greatest love you could ever show. So there you go. And uh, we get this awesome scene where he's like, I'll be damned. He goes, couldn't you put that another way? He gets on the back of the motorcycle, and they drive up in the air, and they're playing the Out on the, um, out on the Edge song, and Bobby's waving at Lenny, and Melissa's like, who are you waving to? He goes, somebody really special. And then we see um, Bobby get on the elevator, go up, smiles, and then the credits play. So... Um, overall, I, I love this movie. I give it four stars. I don't give it anything higher than that just because of all the special effects airs. But uh, overall, I, I really enjoy this movie. I could watch it any time, literally any kind of day. I could just throw it in, watch it, have a good time, just have it in the background. It's a super fun film. Um, it's uh, It's got great music in it. And uh, it's definitely my favorite Jason Gedrick movie, followed by Iron Eagle. Now, Iron Eagle is the opposite. In that movie, he plays the super cool, uh, you know, guy, um, kind of like the leader of everybody. So he does a total role reversal, but he's still very likable, very cool. So Iron Eagle um, is probably not going to be the next movie. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, before we end this movie, let's go ahead and end the movie uh, with the uh, theme song of the film, which is called Out on the Edge. So here you go. Heading for some place that ain't in a dream. Heading where no mortal man's ever been. And you may never see my face again. The eyes of a fool and a heart full of fire. I'm climbing a mountain that keeps getting high. I'm playing a game. No one's supposed to win
right, guys. I really hope you uh, enjoyed that movie. And uh, please, uh, you know, if you haven't seen the movie in a long time, it's definitely worth uh, worth the time to watch it again. And if you've never seen the movie, um, you know, you can pretty much uh, pick it up on Netflix or YouTube. So I highly, highly recommend that movie. So um, getting into the music spotlight, uh, I wasn't really sure what song I wanted to do. Uh, my kids have been watching Teen Wolf. Uh, my kid, I don't know, she loves werewolves, I guess. and uh, she, But she also loves the Michael J. Fox original, you know, the one that Michael J. Fox hates. And uh, she watched both of them one night. And one thing I remember about number two is, even though it wasn't very good, uh, it had awesome music in it. It had Oingo Boingo, which uh, is now Danny Elfman was the lead singer who went on to make awesome, epic uh, scores. Um, and he was, had a song called Who Do You Want to Be Today, which I thought was awesome. And then there's a song they play at the end called uh, Send Me an Angel. And I thought that song would be really good for especially the theme of this movie. But I figured I was going to go with uh, with my favorite song. Um, my favorite song comes from my favorite band. Uh, it kind of makes sense since I've been kind of going down the list here. I listen to this song all the time. I mean, it is my favorite song. Um, it's called Bring Me Down. It's from a band called Pillar. And uh, the cool thing is I'm actually really good friends with this band. Um, they're from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, I was really good friends with the bass player and the drummer. Um, they recently left the band. Um, they started their own, uh, another small band so they could spend more time with their family and not have to tour so much. Uh, but the new guys I'm, I'm friends with too. But the lead singer, me, we talk all the time on Facebook. And uh, I've never paid to see these guys uh, before. I always get in free and hang out with them all the time. And they usually ask me for stuff and I bring it to them. They're a really cool bunch of guys. Now, um, Pillar... Um, Pillar's pretty, uh, you know, I would say you've definitely heard their music before. Their one song, For the Love of the Game, was played during the World Series. When you hear this song, I'm sure you've heard it before. It was on the radio a lot. Um, I highly recommend this band. Um, this uh, this song is awesome. I mean, just from the title, it's You Can't Bring Me Down. What goes around comes around. Um, it's just, it's a great message. Um, this band, they can pretty much do anything. They got, you know, hard rock, rock and roll. They got soft stuff. They do acoustic songs. So, um, check this song out. It's called Bring Me Down. And, uh, next week, uh, I am going to be doing Howard the Duck. So, uh, I know it seems I'm only doing 80s movies, but it's just because uh, right now the 80s and 90s movies have awesome, uh, they're awesome movies and they got awesome soundtracks. And I'll be moving to the newer movies pretty soon, but I'm kind of going through some of my big favorite movies right off the bat that I wanted to talk to. And plus, I actually have the soundtrack to Howard the Duck, too. And uh, it's kind of a love it or hate, hate it movie. Either you love Howard the Duck or you hate it, but it's good times. So that's going to be our movie next week. Uh, but in the meantime, um, you guys take care. Please uh, email in to sweepthelakepodcast at yahoo.com. Give me your uh, feedback, suggestions. You know, if you just want to talk, uh, leave me a review on iTunes. Um, you know, be sure to check out my sponsors Flicks, Show Me to Winston, Shadowy Flight, uh, The Study, Crossroads. Um, film and focus I think I said so there, yeah just check my, my Facebook page I got all my sponsors on there and uh, you guys have a great week I will uh, see you next week you guys take care Masunas out and here is Pillar with my favorite song and it's called Bring Me Down